0: Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices, Conversations on the Way. As young adults head to college, some big questions arise and get asked many times. What do you want to major in? And then what do you want to do for a career? In college, you may try a few different majors and types of classes, and eventually you work your way toward a degree and next steps, a volunteer program, graduate school, job applications, different jobs and roles within a career, and more. Over the course of a few episodes, we want to talk to different Viatorian young adults, who are a bit further down this road, and invite them to offer some insights and reflections about how they worked through it. We hope their insights and discernment experience can benefit those working through discernments of their own. These episodes are an extension of our Viatorian Young Adult Accompaniment, a network of Viatorian-connected young adults in college and postgrad life who stay plugged into Viatorian community life through our private Instagram, through regular check-in texts and DMs, through some online avenues including a faith-sharing group and GroupMe, and the friendships they sustain among themselves. To join in, request to follow Viatorian YA on the way on Instagram, or visit bit.ly/slash YA on the way, all lowercase, to share a life update with us on our welcome form and get looped in. Today we'll talk to two young adults who studied business and sought a path into business in their careers. Patrick Aller is a Viatorian pre-associate living in Las Vegas. Pat studied hospitality at UNLV and worked in event planning before going on for an MBA at Ottawa University. Pat now again works as an event planner for Hilton and manages a travel event business called Game Day Travels. He also has a cooking channel and podcast you can follow at Two P's and a Pod LV. That's the number two, the letter P, S, and a pod LV. Jason Wilhite is a Viatorian associate living in Chicago. Jason studied leadership and HR management, as well as service leadership at St. Louis University. After a few years as a campus minister at St. Viter High School, Jason now works as an activism team lead at Patagonia Fulton Market, focused on supporting environmental nonprofits, distributing Patagonia resources, and planning educational events. I'm pre associate Dan Masterton, and it was my pleasure to host this conversation for us. I started by asking the guys how they settled on their majors during college. You'll hear from Pat first, and then Jason. Enjoy the conversation. It's
1: very interesting my story of hospitality, because up until the last three months of high school, I was kind of on the path of, you know, as a first generation American, you either pick medical attorney or six-figure income that takes care of the family in the long run. And for me to decide hospitality, it was a a very tough conversation. It was funny that how I stumbled upon it, because it was something that was very me-like where I didn't know what hospitality was. I met a friend that both of his parents were very high up in the director and above level. And I remember asking him, Devin, what's hospitality? And he goes, hotels, restaurants, casinos. And I go, oh, I like all of those. And at the time (laughs) I was a psychology major. And I remember telling my mom that I'm switching my major to hospitality and she did not talk to me until I graduated high school. And it was a very, tough decision but as I started going through the program and you know a lot of things started to fall in line where you know UNLV was known for their hospitality program and you know if you look at where UNLV is in distance to the strip I mean hospitality is a science in itself and the science lab is literally five minutes down the street yes it was it was a calling to me and then it was one of those callings that I kept walking down the path and it was like, God was reminding me like, Hey, like you're this, it's going to make sense. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. Just keep walking. And that was a decade ago when I started in 2014.
0: <laughs> All right. And then Jason, when you were in college, you kind of worked your way to a couple choices kind of, you know, in parallel with each other. So how did you get where you got as you worked through undergrad and worked towards your degree?
2: Yeah. So when I started in college, I had a bunch of different interests and, was trying to figure out how to kind of thread all those together in a career and a lifestyle, and I started in the business school because partially I was told by a lot of folks like, "Hey, business school is a pretty safe bet, you know, good job security." Um, and I think largely as well, I always recognized from a social impact point of view that a lot of problems are structural, a lot of problems are systemic, and A lot of problems always kind of come back to like financial conversations. And so I really wanted to understand businesses and systems and economies to better understand how to be an effective advocate. And really, I think a lot of that started with VYC, like talking about the two feet of social change and trying to understand like really how to make a difference. So while taking business classes, I stayed involved with service and justice work through a number of Clubs and activities at Saint Louis U, and I think Corey will probably be upset if he hears me on this podcast talking about this. But I think continuing at a Jesuit institution was really critical for me to have, like, a faith community, not only surrounding me with my student life and my like residence hall and all that, but but also my curriculum and my courses. Getting to take classes like social entrepreneurship, thinking about how to address social issues using the principles of entrepreneurship and business. And so I always remained interested in education. I always remained involved in viatorian programs and immersions and Viter House. And so as I neared the end of my time in college, I discerned that I wanted to work with students. I wanted to work with high school students in some capacity. And that drew me back to campus ministry, obviously, which we could talk more about. But I think um, overall, I just never stopped Pursuing what I felt called to, and I continued discerning, and that has kind of worked for me always. You know, even though it hasn't been a traditional path, it's kind of kept me true to who I am. And I think God has helped surround me with folks who can keep pushing me forward to become who I am.
0: Yeah, it's very Viatorian to find your vocation through the relationships that you keep close to you and the way that you trust the way people understand you and propel you forward. So would so would you say a little bit more about that, Jason, having studied some business, having studied some theology, being kind of, you know, immersed in an academic and like community setting where those things are welcome to be together. Like how did you put the pieces together when you were finishing up college and moving into your first job to decide to pursue that? And then like, how do you think that that process uh, kind of propelled you forward into these later, you know, next steps of your career? Because, Like, you know, we would say that any experience that we're faithful and present to, God won't waste. And I think I hear that in the way that you view this all. So I'm kind of curious as you look back, how do you put the pieces together from college to your first job on to now?
2: Yeah, I think as I've talked with students, former students, young adults, and even just like friends of mine who are supporters of me and continuing on my journey, I think I use the term discernment experiences a lot and you never really know where those are gonna come from. But I think for me, like as a college student, some of my most formative and impactful experiences of making me confront and think about who I am and what I wanna do and and who I wanna be were surrounded by other students in an academic setting. And that really resonated with me. And I, I kind of realized over time, like after advocating alongside other students on Capitol Hill, after working on certain projects with other students to try to reach a goal, that those were just my most powerful experiences. And that kind of superseded like my economics class or like my accounting you know, managerial or so on and so forth. So I think listening to what was most meaningful and like taking time to actively reflect on that pushed me in the direction of staying in education, right? And then working as an educator, again, my most powerful experiences and most meaningful experiences with students were going out to the front lines, meeting with grassroots organizers, learning about social and environmental problems from the folks who were like out in the community doing something about it. Those were my most powerful experiences. And as a discerner, it was kind of like, okay, like, if this is the most impactful thing in my life right now like how can i double or triple down on that right yeah and so that kind of led me to think about how can i get to the front lines as a as a viatorian and really try to do more to respond to those who are kind of literally no importance right and you know how can young people continue to be a part of that picture and i think that identity and that like charism is still really active and alive and again it's it's maybe like a non-traditional path but yeah as i look back it's it's always just kind of sussing out what were the most meaningful and impactful experiences and then what can i pull from those to think forward about like where do i want to go from here
0: i think that's that's insightful it, and then you see the arc as you look back but i think you even were aware of it as it was unfolding too how would you look back on those steps for yourself pat kind of getting from your undergrad time to hospitality into your first experiences post grad, and then the choice to try to go back to school and and get another degree. How does that all fit together for you as you look back on it?
1: For me, I I look very fondly back on my time in in the hospitality program at UNLV. Um, for me personally, the program I mean, with it being ranked not only number one in the program itself, but also internationally. A lot of the programs in comparison to my undergrad, a lot of my professors would look at us and say, hey, you know, this is some really good stuff. You have a lot of really good talent and a lot of really good people coming in from different places. You know, I remember looking back on colleagues that, you know, their parents owned this Michelin star restaurant while this other person came from Pakistan that has all these cultural influences. And it was very fun to be in kind of like a melting pot environment. But then also a lot of the professors would just look at us and say, Hey, you know, you look to your left and you look to your right, these are your friends, but these are also the future GMs that want your position. And, you know, to be in that competitive environment, but then also be in a positive environment where it wasn't toxic. It was it was it was an experience of just being around others that wanted to learn and also challenge each other. And so I think that's what kind of put me in the spirits of that's how I feel with my career now in hospitality, where I'm a very avid follower of working hard and playing hard. And so going into my master's program, that was, it was a very different thing in itself, just because, you know, something called the pandemic happened. And (laughs) at that point, it was, it was my world crumbling down. I was working for a travel events company. I had started two different brands with that company, being in the background of startups. It was one of the worst times in my life but also it was one of the best times in my life just because I was beginning to realize great things such as I wanted to be in startup companies. I wanted to be the person that was the dreamer and that was enacting ideas and concepts into the business world. But then also I wasn't ready to do it by myself yet in comparison to now. And so for me going into the pandemic, I went back to something that I was strong with and you know, it took a lot of discerning to realize that you know I really do enjoy education and then linking that into the masters program itself at Ottawa where for me the the idea of getting an MBA was something that wouldn't be done until down the road just because a lot of my professors said an MBA is something that you do after you get some experience where you go out in the world and then you come back i didn't think that i was already out in the world and coming back to do a masters that soon hmm. and so to have that happen and move out into the middle of nowhere, which, you know, the last time anyone in my family had moved was coming to the States from Peru. And so to have that large of a move in my family, you know, it was very shocking. But then also I'd learned so much. I uh, figured out a lot of things about myself and why I loved hospitality. I realized that my mantra of I love to make people happy, it sounds cheesy, but that's also what's driven a lot of my big career choices and to be able to come back and you know own a business again by myself and then also working for a big company such as Hilton you know I couldn't have learned all those things without putting my trust in the god and listening to those callings and just you know believe it or not moving to the middle of nowhere spending <laughs> my two years there and learning a lot of the things that I loved and circling back and here I am back in Vegas almost 2 years later
0: yeah so as we kind of orient our listeners to where the two of you have gotten now how do you, when you look at your work with Hilton and your and your work with Patagonia, and then the stuff you guys keep going as passion projects, both like professionally and in your personal life, how would you consider where you are and what you're trying to do, like vocationally fulfilling? And then how much do you think you're sort of compromising or trying to find fulfillment in certain ways, but then in other areas, maybe sacrificing a little bit or just looking to make like a stable living? Like, how would you kind of evaluate that and how you feel about? what you've got put together so far and and what's evolving open for you?
1: For me, it kind of goes back to my mantra. I love to make people happy. You know, when I was first discerning what work I wanted to do slash what industry I wanted to get into, you know, for me, money has not been a concern for me. I am a firm believer that the money is going to come as long as you do what you want to do. And I think that's what God was calling me to do. And looking at my work in specific with Hilton, Uh, the one thing that I love to do is that I work with a lot of clientele from various ages, but more specifically in the timeshare industry, it's a lot of older clientele. And so for me, working with a lot of these older people, I have always been someone that empathizes and I always want to make the best experience out of these people's lives, just because of the fact that I don't know if this is going to be my next repeat clientele, or if this is someone that I'm just going to cross paths with for just a dinner or just a, a show or something like that. And be able to socialize with these people and understand where they're coming from i mean i have a full array of people where i have my difficult clientele that they want the world in a bundle in the next five seconds all the way to personally i remember having a couple a couple weeks ago that came on to one of my events and they would talk about these vivid memories about how they would spend vegas with their family and now that their families their kids are getting older don't come on the trips with them and to be able to spend those moments with them and you know make them enjoy the moments that they have and be nostalgic but then not feel like they're alone things like that that's what reminds me of why i love doing my vocation and for me also i've always been the rule of thumb that if i don't feel like i'm making people happy and i'm not happy to be making people happy then i'll leave and from there god will god will give me direction you know there's always. There's, there's always something out there, and I'm to the point now that God has taught me to always be open to them, stop blocking them out because you know the last time I ever blocked it out was when I was at UNLV and I said, I'm never going to be an event planner. And here I am 11 years later as an event planner doing all sorts of events that have been planned and everything in between. <laughs> God has his way.
0: Yeah. And finding fulfillment and that you're, you know, where kind of where you want to be and where you hope to get is, is kind of through that. And it can be surprising for sure. What what would you say, Jason, about where you've gotten so far and, and how you're feeling now?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, um, I think my first thought is that discernment is always ongoing, right? It's always ongoing. And there's points in the journey that are kind of those like flashball moments, but there's not like an end point ever, you know, we haven't arrived. And so I think in many ways, like I'm completely still figuring it out. Right. (laughs) I think, um, and everybody is, you know, and I think for me right now, I really feel like my vocation is to really focus on environmental problems and to try to create opportunities for young people to learn about and participate in that. And working at Patagonia is really cool because there's a lot of different layers to it. Like Patagonia has made a commitment to really explore how to be as responsible a business as possible. And I think participating in that and being on the inside of that is offering me an opportunity to think about, like, one example is all of our part-time retail customer experience guide employees, all are like fully insured by the company, right? Which isn't something that is done often in other retail businesses, like everybody in our company got a paid week off during the holidays, things like that are, are like examples of like commitments that they've made, right. They've dedicated a lot of resources to like providing support and resources to the grassroots organizers, those folks on the front lines, like um, part of my job is helping to manage over $100,000 in grants and product donations to like regional Chicago environmental nonprofits. Super cool to like participate in those conversations, hear what folks need, hear what efforts are going into responding to different environmental problems here in the region. I think right now the coolest thing and and also one of the hardest things is I still very much feel called to working with young people. And I think that's one of the most viatorian Parts about my identity, right? Is sure. I like feel that connection will feel that calling. And I left a job working directly with young people like full time every day um, to work now more full time with like the organizers and young people like the time and like the relationship and community has, has definitely subsided. But with the Youth Climate Summit, this is kind of like a, in my free time, a little bit out of the scope of my work. Like in real time this week, I'm working on connecting student leaders in our youth climate summit from different high schools in the Chicagoland area with organizers who are working in nonprofits and are issue area experts with like lead infrastructure and lead water issues and the line five pipeline. And so like in real time, I'm working on setting up calls between those students and those organizers and we're working on setting up an opportunity for students at the summit to sign up to participate in one of these issue calls you know spend about an hour learning from one of these organizers about like all of the issues that are going on with line five or with our lead infrastructure that's affecting our drinking water in Chicago and then setting up an opportunity for young people to then meet with policymakers about a month or a month and a half after the summit and so Like that's an example where all of that is being like fused together for me in a really powerful way and wouldn't have happened without my experience as an educator and the relationships I built there, wouldn't have experienced without my time at Patagonia and the relationships I've built with some of the organizers. And so I think in that sense, it's a really exciting time to continue to be discerning of like, how can I continue to fuse all these things together and create this collision between young people who want to be involved and want to learn and organizers who have the expertise, who want to get more people involved, who want to share their expertise, especially with, with folks like young people who can be really effective advocates. And so that's one example. And I'm, I'm exploring individually how I can do more of that better. And so the work really continues. And I think what's cool about being Viatorian too is staying connected with folks like Corey, who have been doing that for decades and have so much wisdom and expertise to share about how to do that effectively. There's ups and downs and and there's no job that's perfect. Right. But I think in that sense, it's kind of like a checkpoint of where I'm at right now and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but there's always that like, man, I miss like (laughs) quality time in campus ministry. Like I miss like the retreats. There's former players that I coached in baseball who are getting ready to leave Kairos in a few weeks. And so it's like, man, that'd be cool to like, be in the building and work with them through that, you know, but, you know, there's always give and take.
0: Yeah, we always use the language in the Viatorian community that like God's invitations are ongoing. And I think you have a good sense of that. um, Both of you guys from the things that have kind of come in front of you and the ways that you've chosen to respond, You're good models for having that open heart and open mind and kind of tinkering and tweaking and seeing what little bits you can move around and adjust to keep your heart you know fully alive and see how you can respond to these invitations. So maybe kind of a last question, what would you say to young adults, especially our young adult friends who maybe are VYC alums or came out of our Viatorian parishes and schools? What kind of advice would you give them from, you know, sort of the other side here a little later into your young adulthood? What helped you discern well or what like Viatorian connections helped keep you going and clarify things for you or like What are maybe some of the things you've done to reflect or think or work through some of these questions that you would suggest to other young adults when they kind of work through the same stuff?
2: I was just talking about this last night. We were hosting an event, film screening called Troubled Waters. It's about these two, well, really these like three best friends from like grade school who were really passionate about the Great Lakes and like Michigan And they were doing this paddle from one guy's house to another stand-up paddle. And they turned it into a 425-mile paddle over 37 days. And they paddled into Lansing, Michigan to meet with policymakers to advocate for shutting down Line 5. So, like, super cool. And they are talking about, as creators... They were not professional filmmakers before they made that film. They were just a few friends who, like, had a vision for doing something. And what's cool is, like, they started reaching out to people and, you know, were just gritty. And they got a few business sponsorships and they got some really amazing organizers to be willing to meet with them along their journey and to be in a film. And I think I've seen this in a number of different ways and examples and witnesses. But something that I would say to young people is like, whatever that spark is, whatever that passion is, when someone really gives full attention to pursuing that, and like, I think Pat is a really good witness to this in his own way with with what he's done in the hospitality industry. Like, I feel like it can be isolating in the initial parts to really give attention to a passion because it kind of separates you from the broad group, right? Of like, I really want to focus on hospitality I really want to focus on like grassroots environmental organizing with young people but I've heard Corey talk about this like after that initial phase of like isolation you kind of get this wave of like Corey calls it like the wave of God like there's just like this wave of God that kind of forms behind you and you start to get surrounded by people who like see that spark in you and want to nurture and like support it and like push it in a direction. And so I think whatever that spark is for folks, I think it's just, A, it's worth pursuing and B, I think I've seen enough cases now to really fully believe that like, if someone really gives full attention to it, there's kind of a wave of people who form around you that like push you in the direction that you need to go and that the world needs you to go. And so I think that'd be my best recommendation is just to like really pursue it and to be open to how that unravels. And I think I think that is like such a beautiful thing that like not every young adult goes for, you know? And I think if every young adult could like pursue that spark, like we would just live in a more exciting world. That's my recommendation.
0: Yeah. And it's very honest too, to acknowledge that isolation. It's not going to be, you know, a perfectly smooth, straight line. It could yeah. be bumpy and it could be lonely, but it could build to something you know, really rich and fulfilling and and like Mm -hmm. community-based too when you build that group around you and with you and behind you. Yeah,
2: totally. No, it can take months. It can take years, (laughs) which is really hard. But yeah, no, I fully believe that.
0: What would you say, Pat, from your uh, experience, what would you pass along to our college-age friends and young adults who are out there listening?
1: I mean, kind of picking back off what Jason said, uh, two things that I say. The first thing is, is that, the business world is a a very large umbrella. And as you get closer to the top, I'll be very transparent. It gets very cutthroat. It gets very smile and wave and everything of that sort. But then also at the end of the day, there's only one general manager. There's only one VP of this. There's only one of that. But that being said, the first piece of advice I say is don't compare yourself to other people when you're going for these positions. You know, God has made you uniquely you it sounds really dumb, but one phrase that I say anytime I plan a big event, whether it's a wedding of 300 or if I'm planning a travel event of over thousands of people, the one thing I say is nobody can do Pat better than Pat when it comes to event planning. And fill that role with your name, with whatever position you do, because you're going to do it the best way that you can do it. Because all the tools, all the skills, everything that has gotten you up to this point is because you have taken the initiative. And you have taken advantage of the opportunities that God has given you. And whether or not those opportunities happen, it's not necessarily saying that you didn't deserve that role, but rather something else is coming. The one thing that I said with the pandemic was for the longest time, you know, I worked for my dream job and I was starting to do events on my own and I had my own business and I felt like everything got destroyed. No, it was God saying, no, you're going to build something so much better out of this. You just got to keep your head down and do what Pat does best and get through the trenches. And you're going to find out that a lot of great things are coming. The other thing too, is that you have to put yourself out there and you never know what you'll find. The business world is not the place where you stand by the punch bowl in the dance hall. You know, it's one of those places where you got to put yourself out there and you never know what's going to happen. A really good example of this is that looking back at when I was at St. Viator the other week is that I help out with confirmation. And one of the people that helps out with me, Marty grabs me as soon as I walk into the room, he goes, Patrick, you played college volleyball. Go talk to this guy, Zach. And Zach is a senior at a high school out here in Las Vegas. And he's been in the conversations of, you know, I really want to do this, but I want to play volleyball, but then I want to pursue this. And Marty just throws me in front of him. He goes, this guy has played college volleyball not once but twice talk to him love and it and those opportunities never happen unless you voice them and you never know you talking to somebody what connections they have whether they have it or they know somebody or you know at the end of the day the more you talk about it it's kind of like you practicing your elevator speech because you get more and more confident realizing what you want to do you know i you know i i love being in hospitality. I really want to be in food and beverage, but I don't. And then the more and more you talk about it, the more and more you realize what your calling is in that specific niche. And, you know, the last thing I'm going to leave upon that Jason said is that it's going to be isolating with your big ideas. And I think two Viatorians that kind of reminded me of that isolation was, you know, Father Cory and Brother Gosh, when they started the House of Hospitality. If you would have told them a decade ago that you guys were doing this, I don't know if they would have looked at you like you're sane. But if it's that crazy, and my go-to rule of thumb is if it feels like it's scary, that means it's big and that you care about it and that you should pursue it. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you go, well, we tried. And then you move forward
0: from there. That's all for this episode. We thank Patrick and Jason for their insights and pray for their continued success and fulfillment in their work. Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way is a production of Viatorian Vocation Ministry. The Viatorians are professed brothers and priests, together with women and men, lay associates, who proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel and raise communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated. In the footsteps of Venerable Louis Curbs and under the patronage of St. Bider, we strive to do everything well so that through us, Jesus may be adored and loved. To learn more about our community, visit Viatorians.com or follow us on social media at ViatorianUSA. Those seeking support and accompaniment in exploring God's invitation for them are invited to reach out to Vocation Ministry, send us a DM on social media, or email vocations at viatorians.com to start a conversation. Young adults seeking to engage with the Viatorians and other Viatorian young adults can request to follow our private Instagram at viatorianya on the way to connect in. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm Pre-Associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Kerbs, inspire us. St. Bider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus.